The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And to all of you that are new, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. And hopefully you will become a new listener as we go forward in the days ahead. And ultimately, I want to thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, tonight is a great night. Um, we're going to be talking about taxes. I know that's probably one topic that a lot of people like want to stay away from, but it is very important in our lives. And I have the perfect person that, uh, that we're going to delve into taxes and we're going to learn a whole lot of new information or either reemphasize some good information around taxes tonight. So, so stay tuned for that segment. Uh, like I said, we have a fantastic guest that is joining me tonight. Uh, for all of you that are ha- if you have any questions, and our comments, you can call in at 917-889-8078, and we will address your questions tonight on this very important topic. Again, the call-in number for your questions and or your comments, the number is 917-889-8078. And for all of you that are new, uh, just to let you know, you can listen to all of my past shows on demand. You, we are now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also visit my website at shipmanconsulting.com. I've actually created a radio show page that pretty much is a gallery of all of the past guests that we've had here on the show. But it also lists off a lot of the different what I call solo shows. I've addressed a number of different financial topics uh, since we've uh, had the show. So if you go to my website at shipmentconsulting.com, click on the radio show banner. It'll take you over to the radio show page and check that out. And I want to say I am very happy, very excited, very proud, very blessed that three years ago on September the 17th, uh, I started the first show of the Shape Your Finances show. So So this week, I am celebrating three years uh, doing, uh, working on this platform. I've been so blessed to have such a wonderful uh, audience, such as yourself that are listening in and all of you that are new. I'm so blessed to have such great guests that I've had here on the show. And 
just really enjoyed this journey thus far and looking to do uh, this show many more weeks and months and years to come. So grateful for all of you that are, have listened to me from the first show all the way up to tonight's show. And hopefully you will continue to share, share the news about the, about the shows. Tell your, your coworkers, tell your friends and family about the show. We want to continue to grow this uh, so we can reach a greater audience. Well, let's get started. Uh, my guest tonight is a, she is a, uh, she has been a tax advisor for almost 25 years and has run her own practice since 2003. She works with individuals, families, self-employed business owners from all walks of life. Her favorite part of her work is educating people about how taxes work so they can make informed decisions for themselves and their business, which move them closer towards their goals. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Miss Lisa Nicer. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and happy anniversary. I am thrilled to hear that you've been talking about finances for the past three years because we need to be talking more about it. It's just something that impacts everybody every day. So the more we can make that mainstream, the better. So congratulations. Thank you so much, Lisa. Yeah, it's been, it's been exciting. You know, at, initially, it was a huge learning curve because I was so used to standing on the platform and being able to look out of, over the audience and looking at people's faces and walking down the aisles. And uh, when you put the end, all of a sudden, you put me behind uh, a microphone and a headset and just a computer monitor I don't have anybody to look at, and but I found what I call my sweet spot, and I have thoroughly enjoyed this journey. So thank you so much for that. Well, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Well, tonight we're going to talk about uh, taxes, your expertise, and we're going to integrate that into financial wellness. So, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, taxes can be like a taboo topic, but it's something that is very important. And it's something that we need to know and understand, uh, and, and we need to move beyond our fear of talking about it. So let's just kind of delve into this information tonight. And I want to kind of preface it by saying some of the information that we talk about tonight, listeners, uh, would be applied to you personally and for business owners. So make sure you grab a pad and a pen or a pencil, because we are about to gain some knowledge as we talk about this important topic. So... So let's get started, Lisa. I want to kind of give you a broad question, and we can kind of just carry on our conversation from there. Is that okay? Okay. Uh, How does taxes play a role in our financial well-being? So as everybody knows, taxes, well, maybe you don't know, the taxes are the government's income which I always chuckle about because when they shut down everything but essential services, they shut down the IRS, there is nothing more essential than collecting money. So I always laugh every time they shut that down because how can you run the company, the country without money? But yeah. it's the government's income. And so those dollars that they collect through all the various sources are used for public services and schools and, and roads and, and all those things. So I think, it really impacts you on a daily basis. It could impact the quality of your schools. It could impact whether you get care at, at a certain hospital, whether you're getting veterans benefits, whether you know your schools are repaired. I mean, it really is that 
impactful to you. So, you know, if you're, if you're not able to get to a school because you're not in a good neighborhood because they're not getting tax dollars, that's a financial well-being, but your, your emotional, your mental, your physical well-being. Um, so I think yeah. it's really important to understand how taxes work and where they're used and how they're used so that you can, especially at this time of year with, with elections coming up, yeah. taxes are a really important issue, I think, to, to look at and to understand because it is going to impact you um, how tax laws are made. Um, so I think that's the first thing. Also, as everybody knows, it affects the economy. You know, yeah. if they raise taxes, then maybe employers won't employ as many people because they have to pay more in taxes or costs will go up. You yes. know, and if they cut it, then maybe there won't be as much money and there'll be more deficits, which impact services. So it really does. It's so important to pay attention to this. And and I was funny when you were starting to talk about your your podcast here. It's such a great analogy. You said you had no idea what you were doing. Uh-huh. It is totally fine to admit you have no idea what you're doing with taxes. And you're just starting at the beginning and learning. And you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to ask questions. And that's okay. And you should be encouraged to do that. I mean, you learned and you figured out and yeah. changed course along the way. And that's no different than, than money. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to move that that stigma or that taboo. I mean, it's it's almost like uh, like a marriage. Uh, anytime I talk about money, of course, taxes are a part of that. It's, it's like a relationship because money carries so many different emotions, uh, just like a relationship uh, would. And it's important that we know about the this very thing that affects everything. You buy real estate, you got real estate taxes. Or if you own a home, you have real estate taxes. Uh, like you said, if you had a business, you got uh, employment taxes, you got payroll taxes. Uh, when then we have to file our uh, uh, annual uh, tax uh, taxes for the, for, the, for the state as well as for federal. So this is something that we all need to know and understand. And, you know, I'm still learning, which is one reason why mm-hmm. I have you on the show tonight to kind of mm-hmm. uh, enlighten us all about these you know, particular areas of, of tax, but just in general, just knowing why it's so important that we know and understand taxes in our financial well-being. So, so this, is, this is a good topic to talk about. Yeah, and I think you hit on a good point, is that it's not just income taxes. You know, people vote on should we raise our state income taxes, should we not? But I think they forget that certain states, maybe they have lower state income taxes, but their sales tax is higher or their real estate tax is higher. And so you really need to look at the big picture of what it costs you to live in that state or to run a business in that state, because it's not just, you know, a a box with that one kind of tax. They all blend together. Um, And I think that's a big thing that I show a lot of people is they're like, Oh, I got a big refund. I'm like, that's like the least important number on your tax return, to be honest. I'm like, right. here's your federal tax number, and here's your state tax number, and let's look at your W-2, because here's your Social Security and Medicare taxes. Did mm-hmm. you realize all that money is coming out of your pay? And they're like, what? Yes. I mean, it's, it, it is, the, the refund's like, you, I can make your <laughs> refund be whatever you want. <laughs> right, Not exactly. because I'm unscrupulous, it's because I can adjust your withholding. Right. So there's no magic in that. It's 
but to really be aware of how much you're paying so you could decide, is it worth it for me to take on more hours? Am I making enough after taxes to merit the extra stress? Um, you know, I think those are really important things that are forgotten a lot. It's just like, oh, I need to make more money. I'm like, there's cost to that. Yeah, you're right. You know, it reminds me, I saw a posting of a, it was a father and son, and the son, maybe the son is maybe 16 years old, and he got his first check. And so the oldest son and the dad are looking at each other to see how the young son is going to respond when he looks at his pay stub. So, you know, he's excited, so he, he rips the envelope open. And so, of course, they are secretly videoing him as he's uh, looking at his check. So he's looking at his check like, oh, dad, I'm so excited, so excited. So he began to look at the pay stub and the breakdown of the taxes. You know, we got that gross pay, <laughs> and then you got the <laughs> net income. His face went from a huge smile to the point to where he was like, this is just unfair. What is all this tax <laughs> stuff all about? <laughs> and so, of course, he, he it, looked it's at It's a his, shocker. Yeah, yeah. He looked at his son and said, son, welcome to the real world of working. Uh, because if taxes is something that we all have to pay. And uh, so it was a good eye-opening experience for that, for, for that son. It, it was very funny. And, and that's right. And paying attention to where those dollars are being spent and how the people that you are putting in the position to allocate those, you know, are they, when, you know, even on a broad picture with elections, I tell people, look, you know, you may not like any of the candidates, but pick an issue or two that is really important and impacts you and vote on it. So for me, it's education and taxes because I'm right. very knowledgeable about it. And so I really look at their tax policies and how that's going to impact me. And so I educate a lot of people about that. But, you know, you can pick something and, and taxes, they impact you. Yes, yes, it does. So with that said, so what are some um... – what are some tax tips that we uh, can or that we should incorporate into our financial lives? That is a good question. So the first one I kind of um, alluded to before about the refund line. And, okay. you know, you get people like, oh, my gosh, I got the biggest refund. I don't think they realize that that is their money. Yes. So the goal is to come out as close to even as possible uh, because the government is not giving you any interest on that money. So they might hold it for, depending on if they withheld it from, you know, where in the year they withheld it from, you know, they're, they're using that money for free. And in the meantime, certain people are paying interest on their credit cards. Right. When it's their money that they could be using. So, you know, if clients come to me with, a large refund the first year, they do not leave my office without a new W-4. Now, whether they turn it in or not, you know, but we talk about it. And I said, look, if you have a refund or if you want a refund, better to adjust your withholding and have a portion of it just deposited into a separate bank account so you right. don't see it. And then you have it and it's available to you. What if the pandemic comes along and you need money? That's your money. That's right. That's Absolutely. your money. I've talked and I about think people that. really forget that. Yeah, I've talked about um, that on the show a couple of times about large, having a large uh, refund. Uh, to me, you know, I I rather manage my have my own money than the government to hold on to that. So you're absolutely right. And hopefully, my listeners, you're writing that information. That is a very very good tip right there. 
having a large refund is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, you will want to come no. as even yeah. as possible. So very good. You keep going. I just wanted to interrupt you with that. Well, and the other thing I it's not really a tech tip, but I think it would be very helpful for your listeners to understand how W-4s work because they've just redone the form, which I don't actually care for, but it's probably the most confusing form out there. Um, and, of course, your HR department hands it to you, and they're not tax experts, so they have no clue. And if you – I mean, like, I it's, it's a terrible form. Right. But the way that withholding works is they take your base pay for the period – they annualize it. So if you get paid twice a month, they multiply it by 24. And then if you say married, they take out a standard deduction for married, figure out the tax on it, and divide it by 24. Mm. So if you were filing married, that was your only income, you should come out exactly even. Well, that's not the case for most of the taxpayers out there, right? Their right. spouse might have income or they might have business income or they might have charitable, you know, itemized deductions or they might have unemployment or multiple jobs. And so it doesn't really come out even during the year because each employer is only looking at the, the income from that employer. Mm-hmm. But when you take your employee, you know, yours and then your partner's income and you, you stack them on top of each other, you're probably ending up in a higher bracket than each of those incomes individually. And that's why a lot of people end up short if there's multiple sources of income. I'm quite concerned about that this year because people have lost jobs or they switched jobs or they have unemployment. There's multiple sources of income, and there's not enough withheld from each one of those. That's, um, you know, so I think that's really important. The other thing is um, if you get a bonus, that's not paid each period throughout the tax year, right? So they can't annualize that because you're in the wrong bracket. So there's just a flat 22% tax that's withheld from that plus whatever your state tax is. So if you're in a bracket higher than that, you're going to come up short. Some employers will let you request additional withholding on a bonus. So you can talk to your employer, but people, you know, when people come up short too, I'm like, did you get a lot of it in a bonus or commissions are the same way if you're not paid regularly and it's an uneven amount, they just take out 22%. So when people are surprised, um, that's kind of the reasoning behind it. Okay. So um, ah. the other thing, too, with withholding that I think is really interesting, people are like, well, I'm having the most taken out. Okay. The most is all of your paycheck. Like you could literally have all of your paycheck taken out. So <laughs> the way the, you know, the married work, yeah, that gets to a certain amount. But there is another line on federal and state W-4s, it says additional amount you want withheld per period. And that is where if you come up short or you have business income and you want to just use that cash but have the withholding from your regular pay, you can tell them take out out $200 more per month, you know, per check, and they can do that. Um, So when people say, oh, but I took out the most, I'm like, no, you really didn't. (laughs) But nobody teaches you that. I mean, people, that, that form is the most confusing form there is for my clients on the whole i'll be real honest they're like what do i do i I do a tax projection and i figure out what the withholding should be and i work backward to to put it on the form okay okay see that that's good information because uh it i mean being in finance it almost terrifies me every time you know when i've switched jobs or whatever and i have to complete that i'm thinking what did i put on the last one what do i do here you know but it's good to know 
this information so ahead of time. Confusing. Yeah. 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 It's and, really confusing. And one of the things they did on this new form, which I really don't actually like, is they try to account for that multiple sources of income or investment income. So they want you to put it down on there. Okay. The thing is, that's really none of your employer's business. They should be True. paying you based on what you're worth, not what your other income is. So I don't want to share that with my employer, who happens to be me. She's, you know, whatever. But um, right. I just don't like that. That's why I tell my clients, just let me do a projection for you. We'll figure it out, and then we'll tell them what to put on there. Well, that, that's a very good point. Never yes. thought about that. <laughs> well, no one looked at it. They're like, and I looked at the form when they sent out the, the like, kind of trial version for accountants to look at. I was like, that's terrible. Like, no, you're, that's none of your employer's business. And that's right. even why I tell people the W-4 is solely to have an agreement between you and your employer to say, I want you to take out X amount. So it's, they're saying they did it. And it's also to protect the employer when you come back and be like, wait a second, I had a big balance due. You're like, this is what you asked me to take out. That's all right. it is. You know, they don't need to know that you have other income. They don't need to know you have a mortgage. It's not a, they just need to know how much you want taken out. Right. Absolutely. That's true. Now, I did want to ask you just still along the lines of that question. Uh, how about from a business perspective? Because I may have some uh, uh, self-employed people. Sure. Uh, what yeah. are some tax tips around uh, business for business owners? If you can kind of hit on well, that a little bit. Well, the one that I really encourage people to do is to open up, um, it's called a SEP IRA, a self-employed pension. So when you're self-employed, you, you don't have an employer's 401k, but you still want to contribute to a retirement plan. And so you can open this SEP IRA at whatever financial house you want, Schwab or Fidelity or your bank, wherever they can do one. And you could put in, it's approximate, there's a weird calculation, but it's approximately 20% of your net business income, up to a max of $56,000. So if you start making a lot of money, you can put away much more than that 401k limit. The best part about this is you can do this after year end. It's one of the few things you can do after the tax year ends to impact the tax return. So, you know, up until the date you file the tax return, you can make that contribution for the prior year. And that will save you both federal and state taxes. It is not, you do pay Social Security and Medicare taxes on that amount, but that is exactly the same as how a 401k contribution is treated. If you ever look at your W4, uh, W-2 form, which nobody does, but right. the, the number in box one is your taxable wages. And then in box three is your Social Security wages and then your Medicare wages. Those two amounts for Social Security and Medicare are always higher because you pay Social Security and Medicare tax on those retirement plans up front, and it's not paid when you take it out. Gotcha. Wow. See? And people are like, why is that box one so low? I'm like, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah, okay, 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 good. See, that, that's, that's great um, the information. Other thing with self-employed, oh, the other thing with self-employed people that um, – is often missed is that um, just like how you can have pre-tax insurance through a, an employer, if you are self-employed, you can also take a deduction for health insurance paid okay. if you do not have another source. So if you're self-employed, but you have coverage over, under your partner's plan, you can't do this, but you can take it up to the net profit from the business. So then you get the same pre-tax benefit as you would if you were an employee. There's no detriment to it. Gotcha. Ah, 
See, learning a lot about taxes tonight uh, on the personal side and on the business side. So hopefully you're writing this information down, listeners. Go ahead. The other thing, um, Lionel, too, is if you miss that self-employed health insurance or if you miss anything, you have up to three years to amend a return. So if you weren't aware of it, you can go back three years and add in that um, deduction. Okay. Oh, perfect. Great. All right. Yeah. All right. I have something else, uh, something that's kind of uh, happened to me about maybe it's been about probably about 10 or 12 years now. Uh, I had my identity stolen. Uh, it is probably one of the worst things that uh, any person can go through. But just from that, I got a question. Uh, what are some some tax dangers that we need to be aware of? I know that identity theft is one, but if you can kind of speak on, even with identity theft, what are some tax dangers that we need to be aware of? Well, identity theft is actually quite big. Um, one of the things one of the dangers is unscrupulous tax preparers. So you do not want to use someone that says, I can guarantee X refund or my fee will be a percentage of whatever I get you back. You want to stay as far away as possible from that person. The other danger is that tax accountants are at very high risk of being hacked because think about what's on my computer. I have people's social security numbers bank account numbers, birth dates. You could do a lot of damage with what's on my computer. I'm very fortunate because I have the best IT department ever. My husband's a CTO and it is so locked down. And I have a port. I mean, it's amazing. But there's a lot of identity preparers. They are just huge targets. So um, one danger is to just to double check what the preparer you're using is doing for safety um, procedures. You know, are they, are they emailing you stuff? They shouldn't be emailing you anything. They should be using a portal. Um, they should, you know, have a shredder. They should, you know, there's lots of things. Just ask about that because you are at risk with whoever that tax preparer is if they are not using meticulous safety procedures, security procedures. Right. Um, if you happen to have identity theft, I will tell you it's unfortunate because um, let, let's see, you have a refund. It will take forever to get your refund back. Um, yes. And then the IRS will issue you an identity protection pin, another number that you have to put into your tax return to identify it as you so someone can't file a return on your behalf. Now, this year they started, it's, I think 20 states have it this year. Um, they're rolling it out slowly. But you can opt in to get a tax identity protection pin from the IRS, even if your identity has not been compromised. So if you want that extra level of security, um, I wrote an article about it on LinkedIn. So if you go to my LinkedIn page under articles, there's a, a, it tells you how to get to it um, and you can opt in and get that. So, I mean, I think that's a great idea for everybody, um, especially in this day and age where you just don't want that happening. The, The third thing I want to talk about is just scams. There are lots of very nasty people out there that do all kinds of things. Uh, The biggest one to remember is the IRS does not email or call you. They only use USPS. So if you get an email or a phone call, chances are very, very high it's a scam. They target, like, elderly people all the time because they're scared. I mean, the IRS is scary. It's the IRS. We have, you know, 
I mean, I had warrants out for my arrest. I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, that would be terrifying. Other, there were scams with the surplus payments. There's just tons of scams out there. People try and, and get stuff. So, But the biggest one is if it's an email or it's a phone call, just delete it, ignore it, hang up the phone. And make sure you tell your neighbors and your parents this too, because I remind my clients every single year and they still send me stuff. Is, is this legit? Is this not legit? I'm like, no, it's, it's not legit. Right, um, so that's. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I got a funny story when you uh, were talking there about scams and, and phone calls. I got a phone call one time and uh, my wife, I put it like this, my wife tells me often, she said, baby, if you know it's a telemarketer or whomever, just hang up the phone. Well, one day she happened to be out shopping and I received a phone call <laughs> here at home and it was a company or an individual claiming to be either uh, an IRS advisor or either some something that that could potentially cause alarm or fear. So I was, you know, held a guy pretending to be an older gentleman as he's talking to me, and he asked if he can get uh, remote access to my computer. And I was, you know, played around, and he said, well, I need to get – he mentioned also about uh, uh, do I have Microsoft Windows? So, and then he mentioned, you know, trying to create fear. He said, well, you know, there are a lot of viruses and things like that that, that could attach. I need to really, really get remote access to your computer. So when he said that, I said, virus? I said, wow, a virus? Do, do I need to go to the doctor? I kept playing around on the phone <laughs> just to see how long I could keep him on. And I, I, I felt he was getting very frustrated. I said, wow. I said, maybe I need to call my doctor to see if I can get some <laughs> antibiotics because I don't want to get a virus. And he's like, sir, no, I'm not talking about you personally. It's your computer. Your computer may have a virus, and I need to get remote access to your computer. I said, well, I don't know about that. I need to call my nurse. I kept going on and on. <laughs> probably, I held him on for probably about 10 or 15 minutes to finally he got so upset with me. Of course, he, he had some 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 choice words for me, but uh, he finally hung up, and I've never had that phone call again. So, but, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that was I mean, real funny story. But it's what fun you, when you can do that. I've heard of people doing that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it's something that uh, is very that we need to be aware of. I mean, especially with in the days of COVID nineteen. Anytime oh, there's yeah. a big, anytime there's a big event in life or something that's catastrophic uh, uh, going on, and also around the holidays, you and around tax season, you get a lot of these scams. I mean, they will call you, they will email you, they will text message. I mean, in every way that they can, they are trying to rip you off, and they do use that scare tactic of being the IRS because. Who mm -hmm. wants to get a phone call to telling me that, you know, I'm delinquent on taxes or they're going to garnish my wages or something like that? So this is just some information that we need to be aware of. And thank you for sharing it. you have any more information on that, some other tax dangers? That well, we need I to will say um, if you get an email not from the IRS, though, and it looks funky, if you hover over the senders, you can – if it's an email that looks like it's from that company, 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times if you look at it, it's not from anyone even related to that. I mean, in general, if you don't recognize it, just delete it. If there's something issue, go straight to that like bank's website and log into there. Do never click anywhere. The other thing that I really recommend for people, um, not just for taxes, but for everything, is to have a password manager. I like one password and it like I just do, I think it's shift backslash and it, it automatically populates all my passwords. So I have okay. very funky passwords in there. And then there's different vaults. So I have some passwords that are just mine. And then I have some passwords that I share with my husband. So we can both log into like the mortgage account or whatever. Right. And it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. You can use it on your iPad. You can use it on your phone. You can use it on your laptop. Um, I can send you information you can share with your listeners. But I just, yes. I think that is such a good way because people tend to forget their passwords or they write it down and they put it on their computer or it's in yes. their inbox. or mm-hmm. And that is just asking for trouble. Oh, I agree. I agree. Because, and then it, it's always a running joke with IT people. You know, when people create password, some people oh. are still using the word password as their oh, password. That, don't do that. <laughs> you want to make it as complicated to the other person, but something easily, uh, you know, you can right. easily recall it for yourself. So very good point. But yes, right. please send me that. I would love to share that with. Yeah, it's a uh, great program. Um, and I like that you could share it. Do you mean so we and you put account numbers in there and you put logins and credit card numbers or your your social security, you know, it's all, it's very secure and okay. you literally don't even have to remember them. You just do, you know, shift backslash or whatever it is. And it's, all you have to remember is your main vault password. So I remember one password and that's it. That's why it's called one password. Um, it's fantastic. So oh, I really, really encourage it. And my husband who does IT, he actually said that you don't have to make your passwords all that funky. It can just be like a weird sentence that like, you know, um, I like eating gorilla ice cream 22 like that's actually harder to then oh, yeah. other things. Ah, now that's see see what great tips you get here on. <laughs> I'm just a source of knowledge. See, well, we have a tax house and an IT house, so we're just techie over here. Yeah, absolutely. That is that's a very good idea. I'm I'm I'm, I'm yeah. kind of going through my head of my different passwords, but that is that's that's great to do. Uh, create something. Yeah, because you really should have a different password for every single account. Yeah, now that's something these, I, I these do. These hackers that. are smart. Yes, they are. They're very yes. smart. Yeah, cool. All right. Okay, uh, shifting gears a little bit. Now, 2020 has been, uh, I guess, everybody has been affected by <laughs> everything that's going on. I mean, if, if you hadn't been affected by uh, the economy, COVID-19, uh, the unrest uh, that has been going on in the world and here in our country, you must have your head in the ground or you're on an <laughs> island with no communication. And uh, I often, uh, when I have guests, I have guests here on the show throughout the summer, uh, I focus in on some, you know, just things that, uh, from my guest perspective to share with all the audience of what they can do or what should be a focus on uh, in our lives. So I want to take, you know, the next 10 or 15 minutes, if, if possible, if we can kind of go over some things that we should focus on during these days of COVID-19. 
you you have the floor to give us give us a a, a good list okay. of things that for us to focus on, if you don't mind, Lisa. Well, there's a all right. The tax season this year was crazy, going till July. Next year is going to be crazier. I, I just okay. I hope that they extend it again because there's just so many different things that they've added in that gives people options. Um, so the first thing is that. Whether you use an online tax projector or you use an accountant, which obviously I recommend because they can ask you questions that you might not think about. But I really recommend everyone does a 2020 tax projection because you probably, like I said before, have different sources of income or things have changed or there's just so much going on. So one, um, you might be eligible for credits or deductions that you previously weren't eligible for because your income level changed. Um, And two, you can either adjust withholding if you have a source of it, if you come short, or at least you know for cash flow purposes what amount of that money that you have sitting there is not yours. Mm -hmm. You know, and I do that with my clients every year in the fall anyway. I'm like, okay, before we hit the holidays, how much of this money is not yours? You know, this is is the tax money. Don't even think about it. Um, So I really recommend that because, you know, and even I've been doing this with people with budgeting, um, I kind of was doing something called easing your cash flow anxiety, but like people are like, oh my God, I lost my job. But if you do a budget where you look at all your expenses previously and then now, lots of things have changed. You know, yes. your transportation may have changed, your haircuts may have changed, your dry cleaning may have changed. One of the biggest is your taxes changed. So yes. with your projection, you can go back and adjust your budget. And so my husband and I looked for like, okay, let's say he doesn't get his bonus, which is like a third of his salary income mm-hmm. for the year but we looked at it and after all the other stuff it's like yeah i mean we didn't make as much money but it wasn't as bad as we thought and then you right. take out the transportation and and he's not going out to lunch i'm like it made it a, like sleep a lot better yes anytime we can sleep better with re- regarding money that's a good thing <laughs> but but i tell people all the time i said i just the thing that's the worst for people on taxes is the surprise and that can be avoided I hate calling people up that are new on April 10th to be like, hey, you owe $20,000. And they're like, what, what, where am I supposed to get that? Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, so that, I think that's good. In addition, when you are calculating that, there's a couple things that are going to be different. For, well, a couple things. One is if you got unemployment, that's taxable. And maybe you requested withholding out of it. But even if you did, the most they take out is 10% on the federal side. Okay. So just be aware, one, to look for the tax form next year. It's a 1099-G form, um, okay. and it, you might have to get it online from your state unemployment services, but that okay. is all going to be taxable to you on the federal side. Some states are different. I'm not an expert in all the states. Um, right. Here in Illinois, it's taxable. Okay. Um, then also, if you got that stimulus payment and your situation changed, so maybe you didn't get it or you didn't get as much, it's going to be reconciled on your 2020 return. So do not fret. If they gave you too much, they're not going to ask for it back. But if you didn't get enough, you will get it on your return. So there was a form that supposedly was sent to everybody that you're supposed to keep. I I sent it out to my clients. I don't know if anyone kept it. So I'm hoping there's going to be a depository somewhere (laughs) where we can look up to confirm how much people got so we can reconcile it because people didn't keep it. Um, Right. There. Another thing that's really wonderful this year is um, they added in 
the opportunity for you to deduct up to $300 in charitable contributions, whether you itemize or not. So if you don't itemize, everybody, if you have the ability to help others, it's tax deductible up to $300. Good. So that's big. Right. Yes. That's big. And what's interesting is it's on the front of the tax return. So like in Illinois, we start with the number at the bottom of the tax return. So itemized deductions do not help you here in Illinois. But this $300 deduction will actually reduce my state taxes as well. So that's another 5% of the $300. Gotcha. So okay. if you have the ability, make sure that it is a qualified charity. So GoFundMes are not qualified charities, just in case right. people doing that. That's just you giving a gift to help somebody out out of the goodness of your heart. Um, right. and, and political contributions are not qualified charities either. Right. Um, but that's, that's new. And as of right now, that's only for 2020. But if you do that, make sure you get a receipt so you don't have any problems with that. Because I'm guessing everyone's going to put $300 down and they may come asking. Yes. So just get that receipt when you do that. But yeah, if you can, there's such a need. I think charities were so hit with this economy and you know, they're all yes. doing good. So I think that's a nice way for us to help others while helping ourselves. Yeah, I um, agree. I agree. Yeah. The other one I get asked a lot is, okay, I'm working from home. I could take a home office deduction, right? Well, yes and no. If you're a W-2 employee, that actually was eliminated in the 2018 tax law. So if you're gotcha. a W-2 employee, you work for somebody else and you get a W-2, you can't take it. Gotcha. It's just okay. that's as simple as that. Um, if you are self-employed, whether it's the pandemic or not, if you are working from home, and you have a space that's used regularly and exclusively for business, you can claim that home office. Now, okay. when they started doing this, I actually called the IRS back when you could talk to somebody. And I said, okay, right. how do you audit this? And they said, well, tell your clients to take a picture of the space because we may audit it three years later when it's now the baby's room or you've moved or, you know. So, ah. I just let you know, if you're going to take the home office and it's valid, that's cool. Good. It cannot okay. be your guest room. It cannot be your workout room. So, okay, so if you're doing this, take the picture. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's a very good point. That's a, that's a very good um, suggestion. Then. Yeah. And if you do it, if it's valid, you should take it. I don't take it because I share with my husband my office. And to be honest, it's not enough of a benefit to, to bother with it. We don't have a big house. Right. But, you know. So some people, yeah, they have their own office in their home. You should take it. But just go that extra step and, and you know, take a picture and throw it in your tax file with everything else. Because um, I have never had anyone audited who I've prepared their return, but people have hired me to represent them. Mm -hmm. um, and the people that, I mean, there's very little staffing at the IRS right now. But uh, if you yeah. have your own business, or you have a rental property, or you have a home office, those make you at a higher odds for getting audited because you can cheat. I mean, if yes. you just have a W-2, you can't cheat. What's there to cheat? Right? So you could take yeah. personal expenses and put them in there. So just make sure that you are very mindful of keeping good records of yes. the things that you're taking. Because if they're valid, take them. But, you right. know. Um, but that home office is valid. But for most people that are used to working in an office, you can't take it. So, okay. Unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That uh, was a. Do we have time ahead. or I have, I, have, I have one more, two more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. We have okay. time. Go ahead. Um, the other one is um, if you hired someone to watch your kids because you have to work 
and you paid yeah. them over $2,200, you really should be paying nanny taxes. Ah. Um, I work, uh, you really need to work with someone in your state. I, I do a lot of nanny taxes here, but I've learned that like the, ta- the, the state tax laws are different in each state. So you're going to want to work with someone that does it in that state. Um, right. But yeah, and then you can use that money for your dependent care account. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when I first started, nobody paid their nanny legally i mean everything everybody paid in cash but now i mean it's very common for people to pay their nanny and the reason is the nannies want it they want the social security credits they want a w-2 so they can get a um an apartment i mean they're really asking for it Um, but if you actually are ever um, doing a nanny talk to someone before you um, negotiate with that nanny because there's two ways to pay them and you want to make sure you understand your options before okay. you get into an agreement with someone, because once you find someone, you're not going to want to let them go if they're good. So I said, well, talk to me first. <laughs> <laughs> and I can talk get into that, but that's first. a whole different discussion there. So. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, and Great. the last one is, oh. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. We still okay. got time. Okay. The last one is, um, if you have a traditional IRA um, and your income went down and you have other cash. So it is a kind of a situation, but this might be a year to do what's called a backdoor Roth. So you can okay. take money and, and move it from your traditional into a Roth and you have to pay tax on it today, but you might be in a lower tax bracket because of what's happened. Um, okay. And the value of that may have dropped because the market, if the market went down, do you know what I mean? So it'll grow back. Um, right. So that's just something to talk to your accountant about if that's an opportunity, because um, a lot of people, their income's too high to contribute to a Roth, but you can do this backdoor Roth. Um, and, you know, but you, you're paying the taxes today. So if you don't have the tax, the dollars to pay the taxes, it's not going to do you any good. Right. Um, yeah. True. So, um, yeah. All right, that's all I have. <laughs> cool. Oh, great. That, that's a fantastic list there, uh, Lisa. I mean, to. A lot, a, a lot of things that we need to or should be focused on, everyone, during these days of COVID-19. So thank you for sharing that information. That's, that's great information. Now, we're, we're coming down to a close of the show, but I want to make sure that all my listeners, uh, if they are wanting to reach out uh, to you, can you please or will you please provide your contact information, website, social media, as well as yeah. any, any type of events or promotion that you may be doing uh, in the next few months. If you can please share that with absolutely, us. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if, if you're listening and you're active on uh, LinkedIn, I would love to connect with you. I post a lot of good tax tips, a lot of what I talked about um, on LinkedIn. There's articles that article to link you to get that um, identity protection pin. There's also a really good article on five things to look at when considering a tax preparer. Um, so please link in to me there. Uh, my website is just my name, www.lisanicer, which is sounds like nicer, like a nicer person, but it's spelled N-I-S-E-R. So it's www.lisanicer.com. And then I'm very, very excited that I am finally, after years and years and years of talking about it, launching my educational programs. Um, And my first one is called What New Entrepreneurs Need to Understand About Taxes. And the goal is not to make you a tax expert because I think you need a tax expert. But I think you need to know enough to understand how the tax systems work, the, the income and employment system, to know 
what deductions you can take, and to just have the confidence to make good decisions. If you're running your business, you need to understand the numbers. So um, it is um, lisanicer.newzenler, N-E-W-Z-E-N-L-E-R.com. But there's a link in my contact information on my LinkedIn. So you can go look at it. And it's going to be a one-hour webinar followed by a half an hour Q&A session, half an hour to 45 minutes Q&A session. Um, and then there's an opportunity to purchase an hour individual consultations at half my um, regular, regular hourly rate. So if you want to talk projection or discussion, um, we can do that. And then I'm going to add some other courses in there um, after that. But this is the one I'm really excited about, especially with um, so many people having to go off on their own because of COVID. Right. Cool. Well, great. Great information. So listeners, uh, hopefully you've taken note of how to reach uh, Lisa. Now, real quickly, as I'm I'm running out of time, but I I want to ask this question. Do you have a book in the works? You got to have a book. I don't. don't. No, no. What would I talk about? What should I talk about in a book that people are going to (laughs) read? Okay. I just, I just planted something in you. So, so you can think about that. You have a, you are a wealth of information and, with the stories, with the things, experiences that you have, I think that it will be worthwhile to have it in a book. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, because I always laugh with LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't expect a lot of engagement on my tax posts. I kind of share it to get, you know, knowledge out there, and then I engage with other people. Yeah. So, And that's even with this tax class. I'm like, I know how much I can give you before your eyes roll back in your head. So I try really, really hard to speak in English to people and break it down into small steps because, you know, this is really important stuff, but I get it. It's it's a lot. And if it's not something you like, you're like, I I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it, but it's really, really important. I mean, you know, and and I'm going to leave you with my, my last line that I tell people all the time. Okay. And, and I tell people, goal is to not have to work and to be able to live off your investment income. Like we talked about, your your work income is subject to federal, state, unemployment, you know, social security and Medicare taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me I'm self employed, it's almost fifty percent. If you can live off your dividends or capital gains, that tax almost like half of that. I use this example. Donald Trump never had a W-2 till he was president. Like he lived off his investments. So, uh, but the only way to get there is you can't spend everything you make. You must save. You must save because it, it, like that is the goal to work because you want to work or whatever, but earned income is taxed at such a high rate. You really need to have a long-term plan, not just, Oh, I got the money today. I need this because Otherwise, you'll be working forever or right. working for someone else forever. Yeah, good point. Good point. That, that's that's why I tell people to... all the time. The goal is to not have to work. <laughs> that's why I always say work because you want to, not because you need to. That's my. That's, that's what my... I do. I, yes. I love what I do. Yes, good. Well, Lisa, it, thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, you are a wealth of information, and hopefully everybody's pad is filled to the rim tonight. Thank you so much for being here as a guest tonight. My pleasure. 
And probably I'm probably going to have to have you back on again because uh, taxes is a very important topic, and who better to talk to than you being the expert. So, uh, again, thank always you so much happy. for being here. I'm always happy to talk about and educate. That is, I just I love teaching. So um, anytime, just feel free to reach out. Okay, great. Well, thanks again. Well, everyone. All right, have a great night. Okay, you too. Take care. Well, that's a wrap tonight. I want to thank you all for joining in uh, to the show tonight, uh, the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me on social media, you can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But you can also catch me on my website at shipmanconsulting.com. And before we go, uh, I want to make mention of my finance book, my book that I had published back in January. The book is called Money Responsibly. You can get it on Amazon or you can request an autographed copy on my website. Just go to www.shipmentconsulting.com. Go to the Contact Us page and submit your request, and we will make sure that we get an autographed copy in your hands. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you again. Take care until next time. Well, as we always have to go out, this is a song uh, by the smooth jazz uh, saxophone. It's one of my uh, uh, best. Uh, his name is Eric Darius. The song is called Setting It Off. Take care, everyone. <laughs>